I've entitled today's message, Powerful Prayers. Powerful Prayers. Uh, our, our first Sunday, we talked about the power of priority. And if we want to experience God's best, God must be first. And last week, we talked about uh, the power of God's word and how if we want to experience God's best, we must build our life on God's word. Uh, and today, uh, we're going to talk about prayer specifically how we can pray more powerful prayers. Uh, growing up, I, uh, I grew up on Nintendo. In fact, I'm, I'm, this is how old I am. I played the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Anybody else? Come on. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. And, uh, you know, Super Mario, in the game, normal Mario is like this small man, right? He's, he's you kind of go through the levels. And then you got to the final villain, which is Bowser. Now, normal Mario for me, I couldn't defeat Bowser. But in the game, they had these power-ups. You know what I'm talking about? Like a mushroom and Mario would grow, right? The, 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 the leaves and Mario turn into a raccoon, which that's a crazy idea, whoever came up with that. Come on, somebody. I know, let's turn him into a raccoon, right? And he'd fly. And then you had the, my favorite, the flower. Come on, somebody. Mario would throw fire. I mean, what are you going to do with a man that throws fire? Nothing. You can do nothing to a man throwing fire at you. So when I had the, the, the flower, I could defeat Bowser because he's, he's throwing fire at Bowser. And I was thinking about that because so often in life, we can feel like small Mario, that sometimes we can face situations in life like facing Bowser, we can feel overwhelmed. Uh, maybe it's a diagnosis that we've received or our loved one receives. Maybe it's a struggle that your child's having. Uh, maybe it's a stressful situation at work. And there can be times we feel overwhelmed, almost as if what we're facing, we cannot address in and of our own selves. And here's the good news of scripture is that we actually have a power available to each and every one of us. In fact, the Apostle Paul says this, that when I am weak, God's power is perfected. That we have access to a supernatural power and how we can access that supernatural power in our life is through prayer. In fact, James said this, he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Like your prayers, our effective. John 14, 13, Jesus says, you can ask for anything in my name. That's why I prayed for the Ravens to win last night. Come on, somebody. He said anything. And you know I had to throw it in there. Um, and I did not lose my voice because I was yelling at the, the screen. I had a cold this week, but the, the game may have contributed as well to my lack of voice this morning. Um, he says, I will do it so the Son can bring glory to the Father. Watch this. God loves to answer prayer because it gives glory to our Father in heaven. Right. Listen, in Matthew 7, it says that, that in the same way, like if you as our earthly father loves to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly Father love to give good gifts? So I want you to get in your spirit today. Like God loves to bless us. He loves to give good gifts to us. He loves to demonstrate his power in and through our lives. Now, maybe some of you are asking to yourself, Pastor, it's great to hear, but I have prayers that have yet to be answered. 
Anybody? I know I had to. I have prayers that I feel like have yet to be answered. So let me give you some, some help real quick. Second Corinthians 12, the apostle Paul says this, that I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Watch this, three times I begged, I pleaded, I asked, I prayed for the Lord to take it away. And every time he said, my grace is all you need. Watch this, watch this, watch this. God answered his prayer, but not in the way that he asked for it. And I want you to catch this because sometimes people will say to me, well, God didn't answer my prayers. And my question is, well, did he? Here's why. Because it hit me this week, you know, when the kids were home, um, my, my son one day, I think because they were off school, anybody else's kids like this, they kind of threw off inhibition, right? It's like, it's like, hey, no, 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 no. It's, it's, you know, he, he said, dad, can I have cake? Yeah, if we're, if we're making lunch. It's like 1130, early lunch. He's like, dad, can I have cake? I said, no, you can't have cake. Like, I'm, I'm your father. I got to make sure you're healthy, right? And, but I didn't blame him, right? In fact, I was like, you know what? Good on you for being bold enough. You know what I mean? Might as well. You have not because you asked not. Come on, somebody. So I said, no, you can't have cake for lunch. Listen, watch this. If I would have given him cake as his father, you would call me irresponsible. Watch this. It's because I know things about nutrition he does not know. So I wasn't being mean by saying no. I was helping him. Watch this. Sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because he knows the end from the beginning. You don't. Anybody else want to thank God for that, that prayer you prayed for that boyfriend? Thank God he did not become your husband. Come on, somebody. That girlfriend, thank God she did not become your wife even though you pleaded heaven. Lord Jesus, please. Let her be the one. And God in heaven saying, no, no, my son. She ain't the one. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You have to thank God. Sometimes we don't see the wisdom of God until after the fact. Oh, that's why I didn't get that house. Oh, that's why I didn't get that job. So listen, here's a sign of spiritual maturity that even when God does not answer the prayer in the way in which you prayed it, you still trust him. Because you say, you know what, God, you have my best in mind. So if you didn't answer in the way that I prayed it, listen, he still hears your prayers. The Bible promises that. And he still responds to your prayers. The Bible promises that. He just not may respond in the way in which you're asking him because he's better to you than you deserve. The reality is if he answered everything we asked of him, it wouldn't have been good for us, right? I know I have that example in my own life. So God wants to answer our prayers. So I want to talk today, how do we pray more powerful prayers in our life and experience the power of God? But let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we just humble ourselves today under the teaching of your word. And we, Lord, we trust you. We ask your word to transform us in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got three points on how we can pray more powerful prayers. Here's point one. Uh, if you're taking notes, and that is we have to pray with purpose. Pray with purpose. David said in Psalms 119, 147, I rise before dawn and I cry for help. 
I love this. David, I, I imagine him as a shepherd, right? Before he gets up and he leads the sheep. God, I need your help today. Give me wisdom. These sheep are acting crazy. Come on. <laughs> David the king. Hey, God, give me wisdom today as I lead your people. You even trust in me with leadership. God, I need you. Before dawn, he was, he was crying for help. I love that. I had a teacher in elementary school in math class. She had this rule, I remember it. She would say, um, before you ask me for help, she said, I want to make sure you try your best. So before you raise your hand, I need to know you've tried every method you know to answer the problem. And that is a great technique to teach children how to learn how to solve problems and figure out math. But watch this. It is a not so helpful technique if we apply that to our relationship with God. And I've heard some people tell me this before. They said, Pastor, all I have left to do now is pray. Jesus. Right? I've tried everything else. I've sent out my resume to seven different places. I've worked my network. I even have a LinkedIn premium profile. Come on, somebody. <laughs> all I have left now to do is pray. I, I, I've seen every specialist. All I have left now is to pray. We've seen two different therapists for our marriage. All we have left to now is to pray. And, and I think, listen, you know me. If you, like, so we don't, we don't over-spiritualize things, right? Like if you're praying for a job, but you haven't sent out a resume, send out a resume. Come on, somebody. Right? Uh, if, you, if you're sick and you, have an, and you haven't seen a doctor, go, go see a doctor, okay? Sometimes God provides through LinkedIn. Come on, somebody. Sometimes... God heals through your doctor. Can I get an amen for the medical professionals? Right? Some God will restore your marriage through a good therapist. But listen, but listen. I don't go see a therapist before I talk to the counselor, the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to talk to a physician before I talk to the great physician. I'm going to do both, but, but I'm going I'm to talk to him. I'll make sure I... Some of you in this room, you're like myself. And, and your natural response when there's problems you're facing is to act first. Where are my go-getters, get-it-done type of people? Come on, somebody. You're three on the Enneagram. Where are you at? That's me. Come on, somebody. Come on. We push the ball down the field, okay? Let's go. We get some things done. And our natural response is act first. Come on. You're looking around saying, why is no one else acting? I, you already got 17 things done, right? That's right. That's our natural response. Some of you, where are my planners? Where are my planners? Come on. I usually don't get many hands because you haven't planned to raise your hands. See, some of you, I just watched it. Some of you just deliberated before. Okay. Okay. Yes. Right. You had to make sure it was in the plan before you raised. Now you, what you do is you, when the problem arrives, like, I'm going to get my day planner. I got my calendar. Come on. Cause I'm going to get my Evernote up. Come on. I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to make a plan. We're going to make a plan for some of you. When you get that diagnosis, when you get a call from your kid's school, you fear first. A fear grips you. Oh God, what's gonna happen? For some of you, you don't call on heaven, you call on Google first. Come on, somebody. I got these symptoms. What do I have? Oh my goodness. Hey, listen, listen. We all probably fall in one category. I know I do. But listen, here's my encouragement. You should plan. You should act. 
You should Google occasionally. You, sh- you shouldn't fear. But listen, but make sure we pray first. Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. Do all the practicals, but we're going to make sure that we pray and we seek God. Second Chronicles 7, 14, many of you know the scripture. God says to my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. The wicked ways in which they were living, they were living prideful. They weren't seeking God like before. Do you know that actually prayerlessness is really a form of pride? When we're not praying about certain areas of our life, we're saying, you know what, God? I think I got this. Holy Spirit convicted me this week personally, can I be honest, about some areas of my life. That I just, you know, and, and, and that's how you can know, do I have pride in an area of my life? What, are you praying about it? Like, I got this, God. I got, I got this parent. I got this work thing. I got this what. That's what was happening. And he says, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll seek my face. Watch this. He gives three promises. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin. And I'll heal your land. I'll move on your behalf. You know, this week when the kids had a snow vacation at home. <laughs> and uh, they, my, 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 my youngest, I heard her upstairs her like grunting as if she was like trying something really hard, but couldn't, she's getting frustrated. So I ran upstairs and my, my youngest, she, she changes clothes um, once every hour um, just to keep us doing laundry, uh, you know? And she had a shirt she was trying to take off and it was like stuck. Well, there was a button like in the back she couldn't reach. So I saw her, I said, Abigail, all you had to do is ask daddy for help. And I unbuttoned the button, she got it off. As I saw her, I thought to myself, sometimes I'm like this with God. Like I face a problem and I try really hard to solve it on my own. And then I get frustrated. And God's like, son, I'm right here. Like you get overwhelmed by that doctor's visit or you get overwhelmed by the situation at work and come on anybody else like me and you start stressing about it. You're anxious over it. He's like, hey, son, son, I'm right here. I'm right here. So humble yourself. Seek my face. I'll heal your land. God is available to each, every one of us if we will pray and seek him and ask him, saying, God, I need your wisdom in this parenting issue. God, I need your blessing on this situation at work. God, I need your healing in my body or in my my parents' body. God, in this time. Lamentations 3.25, it says, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. I love this scripture. The Lord is good. What that means there, that phrase, it says the Lord does God's will to those that depend on him, to those that seek him. You know what I found? I found in my own life, God's plans God's will has developed over the course of my life through prayer. Let me just encourage you today. It encouraged me as I thought about it this week. It was in 2009, I was dating Christina. And I was praying about whether or not she was the one and I felt the Holy Spirit just confirm in my heart she was. And I proposed to her. 
that was a great decision for Jeremy. Come on. In 2010, we prayed about whether to move to the D.C. area to quit our jobs, move on faith, to be a part of a church. God confirmed. That was a good decision. I wouldn't be here today unless I did. In 2012, it was through prayer that God led me to leave my role as a psychologist, the role in which I have three degrees for. I spent five years in that profession to leave my job as a psychologist and go into church work. I'm glad I did. Later that year, in prayer, God confirmed it was time to have our first child. I thank God for Hannah. It was in 2017, during prayer, that God spoke to Christina and I about planting a church in Bethesda. I'm grateful he did. So in 2021, during 21 days of prayer and fasting, that God put in our heart, we were looking for a location where to meet as a church. And we came back and God put the Bethesda Hotel in our heart. It was in 21 days of prayer and fasting in 2022 that God spoke to us about stepping out of faith, our belief initiative to look for a permanent home. I can point back to time after time after time after time that God's will came to pass in my life through prayer and God wants to do it for you. That's when we seek him in prayer. God, I need direction, God. Is it time to launch this business? God, is it time to switch careers? God, is he the one? God, is it time to have this baby? God, is it time to move in this home? The Lord does God's will for those who seek him. Those who depend on him. Pray with purpose. Number two is pray pray in faith. Pray in faith. Matthew 13, 58. Many of you know this. Jesus goes to his hometown. And you would think the more you know Jesus, the more you'd have faith in Jesus, right? But it was quite the opposite here. So he did only a few miracles there, Matthew 13, 58. Watch this. Not because he didn't feel like it. Because of their unbelief. You know what I've noticed sometimes if we're not careful? Those of us who've been walking with God for the longest, sometimes our familiarity with God would suffocate our faith in God. Here's how, here's how it happens, ready? Here's how it happens. We walk into a church service like this and you've been to 472 church services in your life. And in your mind, you start going through the motions. Okay, I know it's gonna happen. We're gonna sing three songs. Pastor Jeremy's gonna have three points, which I do. And watch this, is you're not aware that God's even in the room and wanting to minister to you. Here's what we see in this passage. You can be in the presence of God and not experience the power of God. It's not because he doesn't want to. Or tomorrow morning, you open open the Bible and and you read a text, like Jesus multiplying the fishes and loaves. And, and already you think, oh, I've read this before. Yeah, I, I know God, you, you'll provide. And even though we open up his word, we're not postured in a way to hear his voice because we go through the motions. And here's how it can happen. Let me be real. A lot of times I've noticed people who walk with God for a while can sometimes their faith be real low. And here's why. Because they face disappointment. They have prayers that haven't been answered. They, they're disappointed because they've been praying for a husband and they're still single. 
and praying for a healing. For 12 years, still sick. They've been praying for things. They haven't seen God answer that prayer. And disappointment can settle in. I want to encourage you with somebody who could have been in that position, but how he got out of it, blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, Mark 10. He, we don't know how he became blind. As I did research, most scholars presume something happened to him, like an accident. So he didn't choose it. He did nothing he did. Kind of an accident happened, he's blind. In that culture, if you were physically blind, for most people who are physically disabled, it was presumed it was because of your sin. So you were physically disabled, you were socially outcasted, and they didn't have protections like we have today for people with physical disabilities. So then you couldn't get a job. Like no one was gonna hire a blind person then. So you were financially poor. So he was a blind beggar. So here's Bartimaeus. I mean, he could have been mad at God. Good reason, right, you think, right? Like, like he got handed a bad deck of cards in life. And now he's begging people just to have food to eat. And then what happens is Jesus comes to Jericho or Bartimaeus is. That's Jesus and the disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, he was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that Jesus Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. If you read the whole text, some people were even annoyed at Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, stop. Be quiet. You're annoying. But I love Bartimaeus. He, he didn't stay there. He didn't stay there all down on the ground just being like, oh, oh, man, life's hard. He saw Jesus. He saw hope. And he got up. The Bible says he threw away his cloak. The cloak was actually the mat on which he begged. Here's what he said, by throwing away his mat. And he says, son of David. Now, son of David had, had significant meaning then. Son of David meant you are the one that was promised to come. You are the deliverer. You are the Christ. That would have frustrated all the Pharisees around him. And he said, son of David, because they didn't believe he was the son of David. He said, son of David, son of David, have mercy on me. He was saying, you are the Christ. You have the power to heal me. You are the deliverer. You are the son of God. And he's cast away his mat saying, I believe you can heal my eyes so I no longer have to beg. Watch this, here's what, here's, what, here's what Bartimaeus did. Watch this, write this down. He did not dwell in his disappointment and become all discouraged. He focused on who God is. You are the son of David. You are the son of God. You are the great I am. You are the healer. You are the restorer. You are my deliverer. You are my savior. And Jesus says, it's your faith that's healed you. So what, what's the application? I don't focus on my circumstance. I focus on who God is. Amen. I don't focus on the fact that I'm sick. I focus on the fact that God is a healer. Yes. I don't focus on the fact of my lack. I focus on that God's a provider. Yes. I, I don't focus on whatever I'm feeling anxious over. I focus on the fact that God is my peace. Some of the most powerful prayers you can pray are praying the names of God. 
There are seven covenant names in the Old Testament. He's our righteousness. He's our sanctifier. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. Pray his name that he's a banner of victory. God, you're my banner of victory. You're going to help me overcome this situation. God, I'm anxious over the situation at work. God, you are my peace. And I ask for your peace right now as you focus on who God is. That's how you get out of your disappointment. Mark 11, Jesus says to his disciples, this got to encourage you. He says, have faith in God. Because they were struggling. So Lord, help my unbelief. You would think his disciples, right? They saw him walk on water. They saw him open blind eyes. They saw him raise dead Lazarus back to life. They, they saw him turn water into wine. Like all this. And they're still like, I'm kind of having a hard time, Jesus. <laughs> he says, I'll tell you the truth. You can tell this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. And it will happen. Now, in 2024 in America, we're like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Right? But in, in, in Jewish context, in that time, this was a profound statement. Here's why. Ancient Jewish text was written, said it was impossible to move a mountain unless you were God. So when he said, I'm coming with an authority that you can actually tell this mountain to move and it will move. What was he saying? All authority on heaven and earth that's been given to me, I'm now giving to you in my name. And I am the son of God and I've given you that power. So they're saying, Jesus, help us increase our faith and Jesus tells them what he can do. So can I, can I encourage your faith this morning? My hope is this message builds your faith today, wherever where you are, it builds your faith about who God is and what he can do. Let me tell you some of the miracles that are documented in the scriptures of what God can do. Exodus 16, God sent bread, manna from heaven. Note this, God did not send any green leafy vegetable from heaven. Just being clear about that, okay? All you anti-bread people. Bread is from heaven. Amen. The green leaf, he come from beneath us, okay? It's enough said, it's enough said, enough said. <laughs> Joshua 10, some of you don't know this. God calls the sun to stand still. I'm praying when spring comes, stand still, Lord. Come on, somebody. I don't like winter nor summer. First Kings 17, he raised the widow's son back to life. Mark 2, he healed a paralytic. Matthew 14, he multiplied fishes and loaves. Mark 4, he calmed a storm. Acts 12, he released Peter from prison. And John 2, many of y'all's favorite miracle, he turned water into wine. Why do I share that? He is a miracle-working God that is still doing miracles today. Last Sunday night, someone texted me and told me, Pastor, I was prayed for. I've been dealing with arthritis since Sunday. No pain. Our God is still a healer. Our God is still a miracle worker. Our God is still a way maker. And he can do it in your life. That's who he is. But listen, you got to feed your faith. You know, a couple years ago, one of the things that in our house we love on Saturdays, we haven't um, 
we're in basketball season now for the Burroughs household, so we have games on Saturdays. But we do a, a family brunch on Saturdays. Our kids look forward to it. And um, we have eggs and bacon and, and pancakes and all that. And I noticed a couple years ago after family brunch, I like was really tired. I like wanted to take a nap. And I thought to myself, maybe I've just been working real hard all week. I'm just tired, you know. I slow down a little on Saturday, so I'm just tired. I need to take a nap. Well, then I realized I always feel really tired when I eat pancakes. And then I had this epiphany. Maybe it's the half a loaf of bread I have with syrup that's making me feel, feel tired. I mean, the Bible says the Lord gives rest to those he loves. Bread from heaven. I don't know, maybe it was the Lord's provision, but... I cut out pancakes, voila, your boy has energy. So needless to say, it's not part of my Saturday diet anymore because it's, it's not appropriate to nap at 11 a.m. on a Saturday if you're a grown man. Um, so I, uh, but we know this, right? What we feed our physical bodies matter. Like we know this, right? It's like, it's like we all know it. Watch this. What you feed your spirit matters even more. And can I tell you, uh, you know, we talked all last week about the word of God. Can I tell you what you feed your spirit? It's who you surround yourself with. Can I tell you? You can, cut, you can leave here, but if you're surrounded by your close friends who are negative and not full of faith, and they tell you, oh, you, you know your husband never, will never change. Your marriage won't get any better. Oh, you've dealt with anxiety for eight years. You know you always, you always be on medication. You've had that addiction for a long time. You'll never change. Can I tell you, it's going to be a hard time having faith in the context of that kind of community. You need to be around some people who believe, you know what, if the same God who calmed the storm, that same God can restore your marriage. That same God who set men free in the scriptures from the demonic, he can set them free from an addiction. The same God who is our peace can set you free from anxiety in your life. Get around some faithful people. Just this week, I was around some pastor friends of mine, and they shared some stories of how their churches, not not too much older than us, they received, uh, they got buildings for their church, and really like miracle God stories. And many of you know, we're, we're actually looking for a building. Can I tell you, hearing their stories built my faith for what God's doing in our church. Hey, listen, you need to be surround yourself. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, do not neglect the gathering together. Yes, we gather to worship. Yes, we gather to sit under the teaching of the word. But we also gather so you have a conversation at the lobby where somebody can encourage your faith for what's happening in your marriage for what's happening in your body, for what's happening in your workplace. That's why community groups are so essential. And in two weeks, two Sundays from now, next Sunday, be here, birthday Sunday. Following Sunday, be here. It's uh, the group's launch. And be a part of a community group because you can get around other people who can pray for you and support you and encourage you. And you can hear other people's testimonies of God's goodness and grace. And it will give you faith for what God can do in your own life. So pray with purpose, pray in faith. Here's the last one, is pray with persistence. Luke 8, I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. So there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. 
She had spent all of her living on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him, Jesus, touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood stopped. You can imagine this woman would have been discouraged. 12 years? Like, she's spent a lot of money on physicians? I mean, understandably so. And by the way, if you had this discharge of blood by Jewish law, you were, you were deemed ceremonially unclean, meaning you couldn't come into temple to worship. So she was socially outcasted. And also she was a single woman. And in that culture, again, for women, you, you, women could not purchase property. Women were financially oppressed. So she would have been more than likely socially outcasted, financially impoverished, and have an issue of blood where she couldn't even go into the temple to worship. 12 years. But she believed that Jesus could heal her. She literally risked her life trying to touch a rabbi because touching a rabbi ceremonially unclean would have been grave circumstance. She touched him. And Jesus said, someone's touched me. His disciples are like, well, yeah, duh, Jesus. We're in downtown. Like, people are touching me too. You know? It's like downtown at 4th of July, right? You're like this. Like, you're so. And um, he says, no, power has left me. Watch this again. Countless people touched him. Only one person experiences power. He turns around and he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. It's your faith. How is her faith demonstrated? Persistence. She's pushing through the crowd. I got to get to Jesus. And she believed I just touched the hem of his garment. Stopped. The Bible is overwhelmingly clear that God honors persistent prayers. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says, keep on asking, you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Reminded me this week, um, my my one-year-old dog, Toby. He, um, Toby loves chicken. Like we all need someone to love us like my dog loves chicken. Like he loves chicken. Like he'll be in like a nap, like dead asleep for two hours. If he, if, if you pull chicken out of the fridge, he wakes up. <laughs> it's like he knows. He comes over and he'll sit while you're cooking. He'll come sit while you're eating it in the hopes either a piece drops accidentally or you're sparked with a moment of generosity. <laughs> he doesn't even chew the chicken too. He just right down the hatch. Just is like, my man loves chicken so much. Last night we had chicken for dinner. He's sitting right on my feet. That's where he sits, right on my feet. He's just like, any moment, dad, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Just ready. He's a good boy. And he's, he's so adorable. So many nights after he waits for a while, even if we've already given him chicken, we'll give him some more chicken. Because he just, he just keeps persistent. He doesn't give up. Can I tell you, listen, God honors persistent prayers. Paul said in Colossians 4.2, devote yourself to prayer. That word devoted means to be disciplined. You all know discipline, right? You get up in the morning, even when you don't feel like it, and go to work, or you go to the gym. The Bible says be disciplined about prayer. 
Because I don't know about you, but maybe you've been like me. There's some days I don't feel like praying about some things. Anybody else? Like there are some things on my prayer list I've been praying for for so long. It's happened to me this week. I looked at it and I was like, I'm tired of praying for this. That's why you devote yourself to prayer. I don't just pray when I feel like it or when it's convenient. I pray because I have faith in Jesus. It's, here's my prayers. He hears from heaven and he'll respond. He'll respond. Hebrews eleven six, my last scripture. He says, he, friend of God, is a rewarder. I love this. Like God doesn't have to reward us, but yet he does. He's so good to us. Of those, watch this, who diligently, one translation, earnestly, with discipline, commitment, devotion, seek him. Uh, if you've been around Catalyst, you know this. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Baltimore Ravens fan. And uh, last night we were watching the game and uh, my love for the Ravens came from my father. He, um, growing up, we, I heard stories from my father and my uncle about, we grew up north of Baltimore, um, the Baltimore Colts and how Baltimore was always a football town. Like we love the Orioles, but Baltimore, we, we, they're a football city. So when the Ravens came, it was like purple and black all day. It was, it's done. And I remember my dad, before he passed away, he took me to a Ravens game, the inaugural season. And uh, I was so excited because I love football, love the Ravens. And um, we played the Patriots. And I don't remember um, really any detail about the game. Like, who the quarterback of the Ravens was, what the final score was, what we ate. I don't remember any of that. But I remember being there with my dad. That's what I remember the most. Like that feeling of just being with my dad. It felt so great as a son, just being with my dad. Now I was reflecting on my own prayer life. And I, I've seen a lot of prayers answered. In fact, I mean, Honestly, my, my life is like a testimony of God's goodness and grace. He's been so good to me. And I've seen so many prayers answered, God providing, God healing. I've just seen so much. But as amazing as all of the answered prayers are, I was even thinking on Friday, I was spending some time in worship, that none of it compares to the beauty of his presence. And I thought maybe, maybe why God is so focused on devoting ourselves to prayer because he knows when we're faithful in prayer that we find the power is not even in the prayer answered. It's in his presence. What did he tell Abram when he gave him the promise of a son? He said, Abraham, I, I'm your great reward. Not the promise. That God's presence is the gift not the healing. God's presence is the gift, not a spouse. God's presence is the gift, not the promotion. And when we pray and we spend time in God's presence, we realize that nothing compares to His presence. He is our reward.
He is our reward. So I want to encourage you to pray powerful prayers.